0: Good morning. Welcome to With God at dawn. God dwells between the cherubim. Isaiah 37, 16. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel that dwellest between the cherubims, thou art God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Isaiah 37, 16. The abiding place of the King of Kings, where thousand thousands minister unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stand before him. That temple filled with the glory of the eternal throne, where seraphim, its shining guardians, veil their faces in adoration. Could find in the most magnificent structure ever reared by human hands but a faint reflection of its vastness and glory. In the temple in heaven, the dwelling place of God, his throne is established in righteousness and judgment. In the most holy place is his law, the great rule of right by which all mankind are tested. The ark that enshrines the tables of the law is covered with the mercy seat before which Christ pleads his blood in the sinner's behalf. Thus is represented the union of justice and mercy in the plan of human redemption. This union, infinite wisdom alone could devise and infinite power accomplish. It is a union, it fills all heaven with wonder and adoration the cherubim of the earthly sanctuary looked reverently down upon the mercy seat representing the interest with which the heavenly host contemplate the work of redemption this is the mystery of mercy into which angels desire to look that God can be just while he justifies the repenting sinner and renews his intercourse with the fallen race that Christ could stoop to raise unnumbered multitudes from the abyss of ruin and clothe them with the spotless garments of his own righteousness, to unite with angels who have never fallen and to dwell forever in the presence of God. In the beginning, before all of this happened, after Lucifer had sinned, he made the claim that God could not forgive sinners who broke his law, that the law did not have provision for that. Then, when Jesus paid the penalty of the broken law so that we could stand before God's perfect law without guilt and shame, for our debt was paid, then his next charge was that Well, you can forgive sinners now, so they don't need your law anymore. But we just read that God has a perfect union of justice and mercy. This is the mystery of mercy into which angels desire to look, that God can be just while justifying the sinner. Jesus came in our flesh and lived a righteous life, the spotless garment he clothes us with, his character developed in a sinful world in the same fallen nature, yet without sin, that we are born with. If you think about it, the angels could be afraid to trust us in heaven, couldn't they? Unless God's plan had a way of not only restoring us to be as he created us to be originally, but to be able to show the onlooking universe that we can be trusted. That's a tall order to fill. God brings it all to pass and at the same time never uses any underhanded tactics or force. The transparency of his judgment are there for everyone to look into. The names written in the book of life, the history of their experiences, the books of the acts and works of your life written by the recording angels whose task it is to write it all down for those who are lost so that we anyone who is interested why someone could not be saved they can read it, they can understand and God will be finally justified and exonerated of all of Satan's false charges the opportunities you had to do good and failed the chances to do wrong that you resisted. Jesus tells us in Matthew twelve, thirty six and thirty seven that for every idle work word that men shall speak, they shall give an account in the day of judgment. And verse thirty seven says By thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. But God has perfectly united justice with mercy. has given us time to grow and the help that we need to grow. No sincere person will be left without the opportunity to be helped until they are either restored to his likeness or in complete rebellion. I want to point out a few examples of the tenderness with which God regards us. Number one, the first one, the way that he did not embarrass the very men who got the prostitute into trouble before they cast her at his feet and their guilt. He wanted their hearts and for them to realize that he knew who he was, the Messiah, so he wrote their guilt in the dust of the floor and they came close and they saw it and beginning at the eldest and the wisest, they went out quickly before he would maybe read it out loud. He gave them a chance to think about things. Number 2. The way he did not embarrass Simon, Judas' father, at the feast that he threw for Jesus. Simon had been a leper. That was a leper healed by Jesus. He had been the one who got Mary into prostitution. He thought, but he didn't say it out loud. If Jesus knew who she was, he wouldn't let her anoint his head and feet. But Jesus simply told Simon a parable, then asked him a question. And in so doing, Simon recognized that Jesus knew what he was thinking and that he didn't want to embarrass him and that he wanted his heart. The third one, he waited before going to heaven to receive his father's blessing and acceptance of his sacrifice, even after all he had been through and how much he would long to see his father and receive that approval. But he waited to comfort Mary. And the fourth one, he walked for hours to meet the Phoenician woman who wanted her daughter healed. Number five, he picked up children and he held them. Number six, he walked eight miles, two ways, to help the disciples on the road to Emmaus to understand that him dying fulfilled the prophecies. He says, come, let us reason together. Your tears are in his bottle. He numbers your hairs. He will joy over you with singing. I could go on. Instead, I'm going to read the promise to you of Revelation 21:22. Speaking of the New Jerusalem, it says, I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty, the Father, and the Lamb, His Son, are the temple in it. What I finish with one verse of Abide With Me. Abide with me, fast falls even tide; The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail, and comfort me, help of the helpless Lord, abide with me. Our Father in heaven, O oh Lord, we want you to abide with us. Help us, Lord, to abide in Jesus, to never leave him. I pray for those who are here with me today. Give them a sense of your justice and mercy and the perfect union. How much you have done for them, everything that could be done. And you reach out your hand to help us up. You will bring us through if we are willing. Thank you, Lord, for your promises and your word that we can dwell with you. That you are going to make earth your new capital of all of the Omniverse. We will never be alone again. We will never sorrow or cry or hurt. We will always have purpose and function. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We want to be brought into that new life. In thy name I pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you to join me again tomorrow. I sure enjoy it when you're there to join me with reading a little bit and contemplating, meditating, thinking about God's promises, maybe singing a little bit and having a prayer together. I pray for you every morning and have a wonderful day.